you're gonna throw a no hitter, you gotta be a better interview. Yeah, that, that was. Right? Uh, thank you for coming out. I blacked out. Like, uh, Follow up question. He said absolutely nothing. No, he said nothing. I blacked out and thanks. Hey guys, you're the you're the best. Thanks for coming out. That's got to be a requirement. Out. If you achieve something, you got to be a better interview. You got to. Yeah, he could have said something interview. like, "Well, I felt good in the fifth. Well, fastball is working in the seventh. Guys weren't talking to me in the dugout. I mean, instead of I blacked out. None of my teammates would talk to me. Yeah. None of my guys were coming near me in the dugout. I was just on the iPad watching my pitches. All right. I did not realize this until yesterday, but you wrote about the Mark Davis, Dan Ventrell's uh, story. And I think you got one of the most interesting quotes of this entire situation from Mark Davis. Because in your story, Mark Davis said, I've heard about his statement, but I won't comment on it. And then he comments on it. It's great when people do that. Yes. He said, the only thing I want made clear is that Dan Ventrell was never president of the Raiders. He has always been the interim president. The interim was always a temporary designation to determine whether he would be the full-time president or not. He is not the president of the Las Vegas Raiders. Never was. Um, when you talk to him, because I have my own thoughts on this, but I'm just reading the quote. I didn't hear him say it. Uh, what did you think he was trying to accomplish when he went out of his way I mean, to say this guy was the interim? Separate himself from him to make him look even worse. Um, they, you know, they removed the interim tag in in uh, publication. So, but then again. <laughs> If you tell me an owner, not just Mark Davis, an owner doesn't know day to day who's what, what someone's referred to in a press release or a media guy or whatever, I wouldn't even blink. I don't think we talked about Bill Foley all the time. What does he really pay attention to? Even though now he's paying attention to uh, Ready Fire Aim, um, so I, that that didn't you know I, I got calls on that and I got tweets and texts. Well, they they removed the interim tax. Like, yeah, I don't really know if he reads every release and stuff like that because they're saying it was removed in you know um, media guides and stuff like that. And I'm like, I I don't get that. You know, people came back on Twitter about that. Um, but I think he was trying to remove himself from him even more. Given what Ventrelli came out and said, what what do you what did you make of it? I read it as a way to discredit him as a way to say, I never made this guy the full-time president. You shouldn't believe what he says. There's a reason mm -hmm. I never made him the full-time president. You shouldn't believe what he says. Because Mark Davis very much needs people or wants people to not believe what Dan Ventrell has said. Sure. It'd be very helpful to sure. Mark Davis if people didn't believe what he said. And it also, and, and this is where um, actually hearing him say it would provide benefit. Was he mad when he said that? No, he didn't appear okay. mad. He did not appear mad. He he. It, it was one of those things where he said, "I've heard about the statement. I won't comment it." And then he stopped me, and I said, "I asked him again. I said, you know, this is what he said. These are kind of damning remarks. Are you sure you don't want to say anything?" He said, "No, not at all." He goes, "But what I will say." So he was. <laughs> it's he, so great. <laughs> so he he came back and and offered that because I didn't say, "Do you want to say anything about him being the president?" I mean, that, I didn't know. I didn't know the rest of the quote was coming. Now. Here's the other part of this that I, I do find interesting is this, this whole thing about interim president or, or whatever. He had been the interim. If Mark Davis thinks he was the interim, he had been the interim president for over 12 months, right? Mark Bedane resigned over 12 months ago. Dan Ventrell was the interim since then. 
if Mark Bedane didn't view him as the legitimate president of the Raiders, like he tried to tell you, right? He was, he's not the president of the Las Vegas Raiders, never was. If, if Mark Davis did not view Dan Ventrell as the legitimate president of the Raiders, was he actively trying to replace him for a year? Or did he let a guy that he's now trying to say wasn't a legitimate president be his president for an entire year? I don't think he's actively trying to replace him. I mean, unless so, they're really good actors... They were seen at the draft. They were seen together right. a lot of different places, and they seemed fine together. They would talk together. They would laugh together. So and let, I think when this stuff came up and he realized that Ventrell was going forward with this stuff, and that's when he decided, hey, I'm going to move on from him. But if you're asking me, had he interviewed three or four people, I don't know for a fact one way or the other. I'll have to premise it with that. I don't know for sure. But if you're acti- asking me to guess on it, I don't think he was. So, I, I, I don't think he was. Because to me, when, when Mark Davis says he's not the president or he was always the interim, again, I read it as though he's trying to discredit Dan Ventrelli and say this guy is not a legitimate or credible source of information. But if you let that guy be, even just the interim, be your president for an entire year and you're not actively trying to replace him, you're basically saying this guy's good enough to be the president. He's the president. Which based, yeah. Right, which is undermines the entire statement he gave to you yeah. by saying, ah, he's always the interim. Don't believe this guy. So like, I just, I, I read that quote and was like, that, that seems like somebody that is like maybe bitter or something. And, and obviously anybody's going to be bitter that is accused of what Mark Davis is accused of, but it just very, it came off very poorly to me of Mark Davis to be like, Hey, this guy, and the, Oh, the other part, He's been with the organization for 18 years. Yes. This isn't yes. a guy they just brought they in. They didn't get didn't this guy know. off the street when they let Bedane go. This wasn't uh, Josh McDaniels has to get to know Derek Carr because they're <laughs> brand new acquaintances. He's known him for 18 years. So I read that as like, there's no way he actually viewed him as just some nobody who was the interim president, just sort no. of in a temporary, like this guy was there for almost two decades and had been the interim president for a year. No, I think you're Mark right. Davis was absolutely okay with everything yeah. Dan Ventrelli was until Dan Ventrelli yeah. went to the NFL and said, Hey, this Mark Davis guy has some complaints. Yeah. And he's not taking, I think seriously. he was trying to, I think he was trying to distance himself from Dan Ventrelli. And by saying it, like you said, it, it's undercutting him at that point right. by saying he was not the president. He was just the interim um, kind of trying to move away from him uh, because of all this. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think you, you're spot on with this, that he was trying to move away from him, and that was what the quote meant. And not that this is like, not that this would be an argument you could make in like a court setting and have it have any uh, merit, but when Dan Ventrelli says, hey, he fired me because, or he fired me in retaliation, right, when he uses the word retaliation, and then I read this quote from Mark Davis, it it feels like Dan Ventrelli was right about that when Mark Davis comes out and says, well, never my president. Like that, that definitely feels like, yeah, that might've been retaliatory. Like that absolutely might've been a retaliation type of firing from Mark Davis for him to come out and be that adamant that this guy was never the president of his organization. I also do wonder, maybe there's another level of this too. The whole firing uh, out of retaliation thing is Mark Davis saying, hey, he was always the interim, a way to try to get away from that fired out of retaliation thing? Because he can be like, well, he was the interim. It was never really his job. Sure. Maybe that's, that somehow that's a, gets him yeah. out of the retaliation. Yeah, that could get him. I mean, that, that, that could play that way, of course. Because if, so, if you're not the real guy, who are you retaliating against? 
Right. So maybe there's maybe Mark Davis is trying to go like maybe it's next a smart level, statement. Right, and make that argument. But again, was he actually the president? I I think he was. I think right. he, I think he was the president. I think uh, a year is enough to say. And like I said, I don't know this for sure, so I'm not going to go one way or the other. I don't get the feeling there were a lot of interviews with outside people to be this the president. Um, although a lot of people think they should go outside or bring Bedane back, and if they didn't bring Bedane back, then go outside so you have some kind of new, new eyes, new new opinion, much like they did with their coach and their GM. And so, so far, I mean, they haven't coached the game yet, but I think people would say that's been a more success than not. Um, but I I think he was the president. I I don't think it was just that they removed the interim tag from you know every time he was quoted or press releases or anything like that. I mean, I don't think. That was the case. I think he, I think he was assumed to be the president by most people. I mean, I, I think we both did. I assumed he yeah. was the president. Oh. Yeah. So did I. I. There was no level of oh, this guy's just the interim. When like when the Raiders announced that he was no longer with the organization, it was that guy's the president. Not oh, they just right. Got rid they of the interim. they said he's no longer the president. Right. Right. So I yeah I I always viewed him as. But I I do. We'll ask Sam and Ash here in a minute. But I do wonder how d- does that matter at all as far as the retaliatory firing if the guy was the interim or if the guy was the actual full-time uh, president. The uh, other part of this, I who is better? Which Las Vegas sports owner is better about saying, I'm not going to comment, and then gives a comment? Oh, I think Davis is. You think so? Okay. Yeah, I think Davis is. <laughs> I think he, he, he's, he's definitely better than Foley on that. <laughs> Foley, so- I mean, does Foley... Say often, I'm not going to comment. I guess that's a good point. He just comments. I think he, he never, just talks. He never, say, he never says, I'm not going to no. talk. He just he'll says, go yeah, off, here you go. He'll go off the record. I mean, if, if it's off the record, I've talked to Foley several times where Steph's off the record. And it's like, and it's, you know, that that is made uh, apparent. And, you know, that, that happens. And that's what you do. Um, but when he quotes on the record, then he just starts talking. <laughs> and it's fine. So, I mean, he, so he, right. he's bright enough to know, you know, obviously he's a really, really smart guy, which one's which. Um, so I think when he starts talking and it's assumed that you're on the record, he just talks where, yep. you know, I think Mark has said a couple times, you know, I don't want to talk about that. And then <laughs> he talks about it. It's it's what I think John Gruden did it, too, at one point. It's one of the funniest things. Like, I'm not going to comment. And then, oh, five minutes Gruden later, was really still, good at that. Actually, he's still, still talking. Transcribing the quote yes, he's still talking. Later. I don't want to comment on it. And you're at home transcribing 15 <laughs> minutes comments and transcribing is the worst part of any job, especially if they talk a lot. It's just brutal, um, but yeah, it, it those the, those two had a had a uh, a talent for that. You can transcribe the Reed Detmer interview after oh. no hitter. That's going to take you a couple. That would have been a good interview to have on deadline. Yeah. Thanks for I coming out. out. I blacked out. Said Reed. <laughs> File the story. Here's it, Detmer blacks out the Rays. Yes. There's your headline. Nailed it. Put it in the paper. We're good to go. All right. Coming up next, Sam and Ash join the show, and also for those of you that have been listening the entire time. I start colonoscopy prep, so it'll be fun. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. All right, I do need to give you guys a warning before we start here, as I am uh, giving away way too much medical information. I'm having a colonoscopy later today, which means right now I'm in the middle of drinking a bunch of laxatives. So there is a chance that I'm just gone at some point from the show. We got you. We got you. We'll hold down the fort. So, um, <laughs> I'll ask you weird questions. Ed, if you need us to hang on for more segments, let us all know. Right, all right, we'll talk about so the that, Do- we'll talk about the Dodgers. Yeah, so that, that might happen. But 
Uh, we have a lot of questions about this, and it's very early in the stages of this Mark Davis, Dan Ventrell story. So don't know exactly how many actual answers there are, but yeah. Raiders president Dan Ventrell was fired last Friday. He then put out a statement uh, stating that he received written complaints about Mark Davis creating a hostile work environment. He says he brought those to Mark Davis. Mark Davis dismissed them, didn't take them seriously. So Dan Ventrell turned them into the NFL, and then he was fired. Ventrell also claims that he was fired in retaliation. And there's a lot of questions here, but I am curious about the retaliation part there. How much trouble would Mark Davis be in, not the complaints part of it, but simply for firing somebody in retaliation? Well, well, okay. So it could certainly be a problem. I, I think the big picture is here is, you know, determining with very little facts what is likely going on here. And I find personally the allegation, I, I don't find it very believable on Ventrell's part. Uh, and the reason for that is I, I think this is an organization that that does take matters like this seriously. They've got a lot of very sophisticated lawyers uh, we know some of them, and they they do. Mark Davis is somebody who I know takes advice from people and who uh, runs decisions by attorneys. Uh, he's not a shoot from the hip kind of guy, and so to me, if there was a legitimate uh, concern brought forward to Mark Davis, and it was uh, just uh, that's one thing. Then that he would ignore it. That's another thing. And then third, that he would fire essentially the person bringing that complaint forward um is is just it's it's a I, for me it's a bridge too far he would ventrell would also have to prove that he was really fired because he brought forward the complaints and the way it reads it's not him who had the complaint he was bringing forward complaints of others um i i, I don't know even even if it, some of it were true i'm not sure how solid of an employment claim it would be to begin with it, how how difficult is it to approve, uh, prove retaliation? Well, guys, this is the beauty of the modern age is we are always on cell phones and emails and everything. So there is going to be a paper trail on, that has timestamps on everything. Mm -hmm. And you're going to piece together complaints going to Ventrell from employees saying it's a hostile work environment. You're going to find whether there's uh, actual emails or messages or phone calls placed to Mark Davis to relay these complaints and concerns. And then you're going to see him relay them to the NFL potentially as he's claiming he did i mean but like you asked if we take all the allegations and they are determined to be true mark davis is in a lot of hot water he's going to have to pay ventrell's back pay he's going to have to pay any pain and suffering punitive damages is where it gets really tricky to see how egregious mark davis actually acted i'm with sam i don't tend to always run to the guilty side of this, but if you believe what's in the complaint and you wanna be that person, uh, Mark Davis could face a giant financial penalty from a jury. So we don't know what's in the uh, written complaints here, and that I guess could be one of the biggest determinations here, but the entire part of Dan Ventrell's story of, hey, there were written complaints, I took them to Mark Davis, he dismissed them, I took it to the NFL, all of that should be easy to prove, right? Like if there's written complaints, he should be able to have them and say, here they are. Here's the complaints that I brought to Mark Davis. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's yeah. going to be a paper trail. Um, but the, let's also kind of back up. This story that Ventrell is uh, 
taking to the public. It's very sympathetic because everyone has been talking about the Washington football team and all the Dan Snyder, hostile work environment, sexual harassment complaints. All of that's very much on everyone's mind when it comes to the NFL and they think about teams. So I don't like this is a very easy complaint to leverage. But again, it doesn't really matter what Ventrell puts in his lawsuit complaint. Those are just allegations. It really matters what evidence is proven and discovered through that discovery process. And I anticipate it all settling and resolving out of court. So we will never know. I want to ask you about this next one because I want to know what Ash got on her NIL payments back in the day. (laughs) Uh, The NCAA is trying to crack down on NIL name, image, and likeness college athletes. Uh, They want to crack down on boosters. Good luck doing that with stop the payments from boosters. Against their rules for boosters to pay to influence where a player goes to school. Uh, But we know where the NIL legislation comes from. So let me ask you, Ash, what are your thoughts on NIL and and who do do you side with the NCAA on this that it's completely out of control and what we're seeing is not meant what the rule was intended for? There's kids getting a hundred grand to, you know, represent a company. They're not even representing the companies. It's just kind of a way to pay them money. So where do you stand on this? Because you you were an athlete at that level. Yeah, I was. And I don't know. I've got to look and see if the NCAA can go back and punish me retroactively. Yes, exactly. Maybe for all, all, the free... I'll represent. I'll represent. Yes, exactly. There might have been a free beer or chicken wing I received. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Um, but, okay, so this is actually fascinating. The NCAA was terrified, so they opened the floodgates, and now they're realizing the problem. And so now they're trying to corral all the the loose cattle into their respective corners, and it's they're realizing it's a problem. Um, I agree. I don't think people should be allowed to use this rule to induce student athletes to transfer, to go to a school, etc. What the rule is designed to do is that if an athlete comes in with a brand, they're independently should be able to make money off of themselves from companies that want to sponsor them, not schools paying them. And what was fascinating is this made me look up how you become a booster. Do you guys know this? In terms of how you become a, uh, a, uh, a known booster or just a normal yeah. booster? Do you guys know about this? I didn't know until I, I read all this stuff. No. no, tell us. Okay, so the booster is what you get labeled with this title by the NCAA because you're deemed through your conduct, whether it's a donation or you've like promoted the athletics programs, you get deemed by the NCAA as a booster because you're a representative of the institution's athletic interests. The most fascinating part about this, you retain that identity, that label forever. You- wow, so I could give $10 <laughs> to a program, I'm a booster, and I can never give him another dime? Right, and then you're going to potentially be precluded from sponsoring some student-athlete over at UNLV. I'd like Forever. to be a booster put somewhere. on a terror watch list. Yeah, I'd I like know. To, I want to be a booster. <laughs> I know, but I'm like, there's got to be an appeals right, you know? Like, if I make there's one no donation. Due process. Yeah, there's no due process. You can't that's challenge the issue. It. So yeah, that's where that's I see this going. That's a lawsuit. So how, okay, how exactly could the NCAA legally say, you're a booster, you can't provide an NIL payment to a player, of you know, the starting point guard for whatever college is in your town, but if you're not a booster, you can. Like, how can they legally expect that to hold up? It's going to be really tough, but they just have to have 
lines. And that's the problem here. The NCAA is reacting after they've already allowed for this NIL program to go into effect. So now they're reactive and then they have to enforce it. I think that's going to be the harder thing for the NCAA is to investigate and enforce whether the payments are coming from a company owned by a booster, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to take a lot of time, energy, and effort. So it's going to be tough. Yo but mama. It will be a great uh, 30 for 30 one day. I can oh, guarantee be, that. This will be an can, amazing 30 for 30. Can I give you my favorite uh, what a player had to repay because of illegal benefits or whatever you want yes. to call them? Uh, this was in the early 2000s. Uh, Eric Crouch was the quarterback at Nebraska. He had to pay back $17.41 because somebody put him on a plane and he went around to different cities in Nebraska and he ate a ham sandwich that the NCA valued at $4. Oh. What, so the ham sandwich, you had to give it back? Yeah, well, he had to pay back $4 to the guy oh who gave my. him the ham sandwich. Well, good thing they didn't adjust that for inflation because <laughs> it could be like a $6 $12. sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, oh, man. So, Sam, you, or Ash, excuse me, you're going to have to repay for that beer. Yeah, that beer wing. and that chicken wing. You, yeah, you yeah that's like a $17 chicken wing over yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. You're going to have to repay Penalties that Penalties right and now. interest. Hashtag worth it. No regrets. <laughs> We have time for the last one? Yeah. yeah. Uh, quickly, um, fight breaks out at a Hustler Casino in L.A. Uh, only because uh, some guy, I guess, dropped a yo mama on another man. <laughs> he got spit at, and then uh, video shows just a, just a complete brawl here. Um, uh, they retreated, grabbed at a small table, and then they beat the other man with it. Uh, can a guy who said yo mama joke after the man that attacked him, even though he technically edged on egged on the fight, can can he say the yo mama joke go after the man that attacked him? Absolutely. Obviously. <laughs> yo mama jokes are uh protected in particular, uh have a special place in, in law. Can't talk uh, about it, someone's mama. Yeah, if you talk about somebody's mama, you're going down. Look, I saw the video. I don't know if you guys Did saw you the video. Did you see the video on this? It, it, oh, yeah. It's a great video. The, so there's a little guy and there's a big guy. And the big guy was the one who taunts the little guy about his mama. <laughs> and and the, the little guy becomes starts to look like an enraged gerbil and charges at the big guy. And here's what happens. I'll just tell you. When I look at this as a lawyer, I, I see the big guy then backs up. He's like, come on, come at me, come at me, and picks up a chair and throws a chair at the little guy. And at that point in time, in my opinion, is when it got serious because that could be assault with a deadly weapon. That could be a felony. Now, in California, they don't charge anybody with a felony anymore. So <laughs> he's probably going to be fine. He's probably going to get pat on the back. Uh, but but that don't do that. Do not let somebody taunt you or taunt anyone else and get let a fight escalate to the point that you're picking up furniture. Because believe it or not, that chair could in and of itself be an aggravating factor and lead to increased charges. And here in Nevada, here in Vegas, uh, we take that stuff seriously and you could get charged with a felony. If you're in court, do you have to keep a straight face when somebody reads off the Yo Mama joke that started the fight? No. Yeah. I mean, you should. You should really focus and but go does into Ashley, a... Does Ashley keep a straight face? <laughs> nah. But, I mean, if anyone's paid attention or seen clips of the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial, I mean, those yeah. guys are constantly oh. sitting there smirking and laughing. But the judge, and... the judge is so stone-faced. That's the part. She's just sitting there like... She's not paying attention. Is this real? 
Uh, before we let you go, who's winning that court case? Is it going to be Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp. I mean, okay. I, no, wait, time out. Winning in public opinion, the point, the whole reason he brought the case, Johnny Depp. Will a jury return a verdict that Heath considers a monetary victory? I don't think so. Okay. Um, but in public opinion, it's an absolute win, yeah. and it's exactly why he brought it. They are Sam and Ash, SamandAshLaw.com, 702-820-1234. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks, you guys. Oh, Thank you. It. And thanks for making it the whole time, Tyler. Go, I did. I good did job. Go get okay. your money. Go get your money, Ash. Come on. Give him it back. Yeah. We're thanks, on it. Guys. See so, you. There's Sam and Ash. Um, yeah, Bischoff's Briefs. There, that's that's uh, might be a literal name of the next segment. Bischoff's Briefs. How was the game? Not very good. Have you ever seen a good hockey game? No, me neither. I love sports. I just can't get next to hockey. It's brief. See, I think Americans like to savor situations. One down, bottom of the ninth. One run game, first and third. Left-handed batter, right-hand reliever. Infield, a double play depth. Here's the pitch. Bischoff's Briefs. What's going in hockey? It seems to come out of nowhere. The play-by-play guy is always shocked. Le Petier. Passes to Huckenshuck, who skates past the blue line. Huckenshuck, of course, was traded from Winnipeg for a case of Labatt's after sitting out last season with, oh my God, he scores! Bischoff's Briefs. Try to keep Bischoff's Briefs clean for another 30 minutes. See if we can do it. I've got an idea today, though, in Bischoff's Briefs, because yesterday the NBA announced the 75 players that are invited to the NBA Draft Combine. 75 players, neither Bryce Hamilton nor Donovan Williams are on that list of 75 players. There's only two rounds in the NBA draft. Only 60 players get drafted. So there's more players at the combine than even get drafted. Uh, There were two Mountain West players, Orlando Robinson and David Roddy got invited, but not Bryce Hamilton and not Donovan Williams. And here's my idea. I hope we got some of these UNLV boosters listening, although if you've been to a UNLV game, you apparently might be a booster. But if you're listening, Bryce Hamilton is not getting drafted. Bryce Hamilton will probably make money somewhere next season playing basketball, but it's probably not going to be millions of dollars, and it probably won't be on the big stage of the NBA. So get out your NIL money. Go find some and pay Bryce Hamilton to come back to UNLV for one last season. He can use another, he has another year because of COVID. He's got one more year of eligibility. Pay him to tweet about whatever company, whatever. It doesn't have to be anything serious. Pay Bryce Hamilton to come back and play college basketball at UNLV. With NIL, you can legitimately pay the guy as much as you want. So you can pay him a money that's comparable to whatever his salary would be playing basketball next season. Because here's what I think is realistic. If UNLV brings back Bryce Hamilton, we're talking about the NCAA tournament next year because Kevin Kruger in the transfer portal went out and got a lot of good defensive players. I don't know if they're going to be top 20 defensively this year. That might be a little too high, might be a little too optimistic, but they're going to be good defensively. And if they're top 30, top 40 defensively, and you get last year's Bryce Hamilton, the one that was really efficient, not the the 2020-2021 one where they were inefficient on offense, but last year's Bryce Hamilton where he was efficient, 
that team's good. That team's a Mountain West contender. That team's close or might be for sure an NCAA tournament team. We spent this entire offseason talking about UNLV needing to find someone that can replace Bryce Hamilton's offense or maybe multiple people to do it. Well, they haven't done that yet. They haven't. So just bring them back. Just, where, where's this NIL money? Just say, listen, Bryce, yeah, you want to go pro, but we can pay you now. Come back to UNLV, and this team is going to the NCAA tournament next year. And listen, you can get greedy and say the same thing about Donovan Williams. Mm-hmm. Bring that guy back. And then this team is, oh, they better go to the NCAA tournament. So there's my idea. Somebody go figure it out. Somebody make that happen because I honest, I honestly think if you told me right now Bryce Hamilton's coming back to UNLV, I'd tell you right now, NCAA tournament. That team is going to the NCAA tournament next season. I think, uh, well, it's a great, great point by you on the NIL and the boosters. I think Bryce Hamilton's too far down the road. I think he probably is too, but change his mind. Okay, it would take it would take a lot. I think just I think he's too far down the road with the senior night and his statement, and he's going to go, and it's time for him to leave. And I think people would say, you know, how much better can you get if you go back, and can you really improve? Which I don't know if there is draft stock at this point anyway. He didn't get invited to the combine. Uh, I don't have any idea. I don't know if you've heard. I don't know how any idea uh, have any idea how many workouts he has. It was tweeted yesterday that. Um, that Donovan Williams is getting some workouts in the next few weeks. And I'll go back to what Mike Gramala said. They could lose both of them. If, you know, you get three or four workouts, and if, as Mike Gramala said, if all Donovan Williams is, is waiting for is someone to say, yeah, we, you know, we'll take in the second round, he's going to be gone too, according right. to Mike. Right. Uh, so they could they could easily lose both of them. I, I don't think Hamilton would come back. I think Donovan Williams, there's, a, there's still a good chance he will. But who knows what people tell guys at workouts. I mean, you'd hope they'd be very honest with them and say, look, you didn't get invited to the combine, so. <laughs> and we think if you go back, you can be better. Let me ask you this, because I do think, like I'm not sure how much Bryce could improve whatever stock he has right now if he came back. But I think, am I crazy to think Donovan Williams could improve himself a lot? Yes, I think he could too, because we, we've talked about this the the type of player that the NBA is going to want, Donovan Williams. He's more so than Bryce Hamilton. Hamilton. Yes. Right. Hamilton's a better college player, but for Hamilton to be successful in the NBA, he he needs to have the ball in his hands at all times. That's what he's good at is creating his own shot, but he's not good enough at it that he's going to do it at the NBA level. And the team's going to be successful and want him to do that over the course of a game. So, as far as having a role on an NBA team, Donovan Williams has a better shot at that. And I, I agree with you. If he were to come back, he would have a much better chance of improving his stock because the, here's the main thing. Donovan Williams shot 41% from three last year. Mm-hmm. He he didn't shoot. I don't know three, if he'd do he that coming back. Very much, but he didn't shoot very well at right. Texas, right? If he came back and shot 41% again from three, then you're talking about this guy's a great shooter that's proven it over multiple years. And that's something the NBA would want. Right. Bryce Hamilton, he's a 33% college shooter from three. We know what he is. We've got a massive sample size of it. That's not changing. So I, you're right. Donovan Williams could absolutely he, – he'd have a better chance than Bryce Hamilton at improving his stock. I still don't know if he'd be able to do enough to guarantee he'd be drafted, but he definitely would have a better chance than Bryce Hamilton. Because Bryce last year's Bryce Hamilton is, is the best we're going to see out of Bryce Hamilton. Yes. Right? Like he's yeah. not going to – I guess he could, but it's it's very, very unlikely that he gets significantly better. And even if he does, what he does, it, it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't translate, translate to, like it does in college. Right. I have one other question on this uh, dumb idea for me, or it's a great idea, but probably not going to happen. Idea. 
I didn't know how to look this up to see if it's allowed. Can the LVCVA pay college athletes NIL money? I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, there are they just like any other company or you know organization that can pay kids uh, any any kind of cash? Because I mean, aren't the they their own entity? I, the reason I ask, right? The reason I ask is because like the LVCVA is paying money to host the Super Bowl. The LVCVA is paying uh, what was it, nineteen million dollars for F one to come here for three years. The LVCVA paid for eight people to go to the Super Bowl last year. Like the LVCBA pays a lot of money for sports teams. And the, the general idea is, well, the more sports that are here or the better the sports that are here, people will come, tourists will come. Right, right. That doesn't seem like that big of a stretch to say, I'm sitting here telling you, bring Bryce Hamilton back. They're going to the NCAA tournament. If UNLV is good at basketball, people are going to show up and watch them and people might travel to watch and play. I just feel like there's a there's an uh, element here where maybe the LVCVA, we don't, they don't need to spend 19 million dollars on Bryce Hamilton like they did for the F1 uh races, but you know, $100,000, that might be enough to get Bryce Hamilton to stay. We got to look into that. I don't know the answer I, to that question. I don't know if it's but legal. it would be They're, fascinating. Right, it's public money. They're technically right. a government entity. I don't maybe that's against the rules, but there also might not be anything against the rules at the moment because the NCA didn't make rules. They just kind of got beat into submission about this. So where's the LVCVA? Start LVCVA. The, uh, literally. President. The LVCVA just needs to pay UNLV yeah. to have a good basketball Could team. call just, Steve Hill and say, Steve, do you know you're a booster? <laughs> Did you figure that out? <laughs> I think that would technically make all of us boosters because the LVCVA is funded by tax dollars. Yeah, and we're all boosters. Why, we well, pay tax why are we dollars. sitting on Gucci Row? Why are we way up with the media? Well, well, no, no. The LBCVA hasn't paid this money yet. So if the LBCVA did give Bryce Hamilton an NIL, then I think we would all be boosters then. I, so it'd be a big big Gucci Row. I, I mean, I would also love just the idea of this show oh, having yeah. an NIL deal with... Oh, yeah. <laughs> is Vitaly Schiebel still uh, <laughs> got any eligibility yet? Left? I don't think so. That was a long time ago. I know COVID gave him all an extra year, but I don't think so. Okay, I'm trying to think of... Uh, Gee, I'm it... surprised you didn't ask to bring Jay Green back. No, no, he's he's going pro. Ah, good point, good point. He's too good. Too good for NIL money. All right, we've got tickets to go see the Doobie Brothers coming to Las Vegas. If you want to go see the Doobie Brothers, 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Their show on May 25th at Zappos Theater at Planet Hollywood. We'll take caller number 7 at 702-364-1100 to go see the Doobie Brothers. You're locked in the press box. <laughs> What's so funny? Just you. I had you in queue for the last, like, 30 seconds, and... You're struggling, man. You're doing. You're. Uh, you're you're putting good. up a good effort. Good effort. You're, so you're working through it. So this is, this is a. It's a genuinely bad experience. I am. For those of you that are unaware, I'm having a colonoscopy today. Going to be fun. But what that means is that yesterday, I was not supposed to eat solid foods. So all that I ate yesterday was Jello and chicken broth. And not only could I only eat Jello and chicken broth, you can't eat red or orange Jello. It has to be non-red or orange. So I had to eat the worst flavor of Jello, which is lemon lime. Absolute nightmare. I was hungry all day yesterday. And then last night and now this morning, I've got to drink all this laxative stuff. 
and it, it it does what it's supposed to do. And so I'm both starving and have to go to the bathroom, and it sucks. You're a kid who arrives with soda and Chick-fil-A yes. and breakfast sandwiches on a yes. daily basis. A daily basis. Yeah. And yesterday I had to eat Jello for breakfast and then chicken broth like four times. And here's the thing about chicken broth. God, that is some that is deceiving because it tastes good. It tastes like it's a meal, but there's like there's no sustenance. It's like 15 no. calories in the whole bottle, like nightmare because you're tricking yourself and be like, oh yeah, I'm eating a real meal. Do you but heat no, up you're chicken not. broth? Yeah, I just threw it on the stove and then ate it like a soup. Like a soup. Yeah, I should have just drank it because it's just liquid. <laughs> Nothing in you there. Know, flush it, and, but you know, we... right? It's a nightmare. Flush it. Where are these Rams porta potties? Because this is what I, where I need to be. I'm the part, well, you are a member of the media. Yeah, I'm, so they're going to be on here. sending you out there. I'm uh, glad that uh, this promo sort of just made itself. You're welcome. Just a complete nightmare. Like this has been a brutal 36 hours or however long. And then I got to sit here. I got to finish the rest of this laxative stuff when the show's over. And then I got to sit here and I don't go there until one. Like, what am I going to do for three hours besides those, sit on the toilet and be yeah, starving? Turn on those three TVs. There's got to be a soccer game in the world somewhere. Not until like 11 or something today. There's no, there's, there's some baseball games on right now, but there was, there's nothing on yet that I had any interest in watching. You want to know what I actually put on? I put on the Charmed? replay of game seven. No, I put on the replay of Astros Dodgers <laughs> game seven. Charmed got emotional. Yes, Charmed. There's someone crying on our TV. If people don't realize, Jared and I and, and Tyler, uh, the TV is turned. I can't even believe there's this been this many Charmed episodes. We've been doing this for a month, <laughs> and I don't think I've seen a repeat. Like one time, like how long was this show on air? I, I'm serious. I want to say like eight years. Yes. And We're it was back when they episode. did 26 episodes a, a season. season. So. I mean, and there's new witches coming in. Like, I think Shannon Doherty might have left the show, so yeah, they brought so in a we, new witch. I, that actually, I believe that means we're in the third season. Oh, she was only on a couple seasons? Yeah, she she was kind of a problem. Okay, so I remember that part. Uh, so now they brought new witches in, and, uh, uh-oh, someone's getting married. Is this Milano getting married? I don't know. Oh, there's someone's a gun. Someone's holding there's... a gun on the priest. This is a good it show. It is Milano getting married. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm one of the male out. witches is uh, is is holding the gun. He's they're getting married, but he, they're both witches. I, I the want them witch to... is holding a gun. Just yeah. just use your powers, right? I know exactly. Why does he need a weapon? <laughs> well, I think if you tell a normal person, no, no, I'm a witch. I'll electrocute you. <laughs> okay, buddy. You. You yeah. Hold All right. The gun? Yeah, I got okay. stuck. Okay. Well, oh, the gun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's do the ceremony. <laughs> Have you guys seen the the meme of? Uh... The Harry Potter series, if Voldemort used a gun? No. No. Yeah, it's just a piece of paper. Is all it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He walks in, he shoots Harry Potter, it's over. Yeah, Voldemort takes over. So, yeah, maybe well, guns are magical power. Magical power's got to be better than guns, right? Well, it's funner. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, one, the gun the will one end girl something pretty fast, but, I mean, the charm, the, the, the superpowers well, where guys are turning into snakes and stuff, that's I, actually so, fun. I'm the sure... one girl on charm can freeze time, so she'd just freeze your gun. Freeze your bullet. Oh, Uh-oh. someone just got shot. Someone just got oh. shot. Oh, no. No, no. He, he's turning oh, there's into smoke. Something. There's smoke coming out of the bullet hole. <laughs> and it's flying through the air. If you are just joining us, we, <laughs> we are, are watching Charmed. Have you made a bad show about magic if you have to have somebody get shot? 
Yeats. Well, you've made a sh- you've made a show that you didn't think would last eight seasons. I'll tell you that at twenty six episodes a season. I'll tell you that if 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 you're getting this much, oh, this like is- I feel like there should be more creativity to it than oh we we had to shoot the guy and oh look at that he didn't die when you shot him like you should be like you got the entire you can do whatever you want they got magical powers no they this kid's not dead out of his finger this oh. uh, they're they're now moving uh, chandeliers above the uh, above the church. Oh, this is crazy! Now some is other the, person. Wait, appeared. is the wet? Is the wedding still happening? No, they moved. No, the well, pol- the policeman came uh, came and, and told the priest to leave the uh, altar. Yeah, and he so he shot shoot. him, and then the like <laughs> steam or like ghost or whatever came out of the the other guy, and so now he's good again. Yeah, this is not a good wedding. This did not no. go very well. We are not watching this with subtitles. We are doing this all based on the excellent acting of Alyssa Milano. That's, that, I think, is the best part about us seeing Charmed in the studio is we don't have subtitles and we don't have sound. No, so we just it, watch. Right. And it makes, well, it, it makes the show even more obvious how bad of a show it is, but also makes it a better entertainment product yeah. because of how bad it looks without Damn. sound. It's great. It's a great show. Charmed every morning during the NBA playoffs from ESPN Las Vegas. We'll have more breakdowns more. later in the week.